Hello, everybody, and thank you for tuning in to the Liberty Report. With us today is Daniel McAdams, our co-host. Daniel, welcome to the program. Happy Monday, Dr. Paul. How are you? I'm doing fine. And I've uh, got rested yesterday and the day before, but we've been busy. busy How are weekend. you doing? <laughs> did, you, did you have a busy last couple days? Well, we had a great weekend, didn't we? We had our <laughs> supporters dinner on Friday. Then we got to sit around with Lou Rockwell and Jeff Dice, two of our favorite people at the Mises Institute. At their great conference on Saturday, that was packed. House full. Huh? It was a house one. They were such wonderful people. I mean, yeah. they were such great people. I, I it, it, it was a crowd. Sometimes if you get a little boring, and sometimes I think, you know, if I don't perk up, I'm going to sound boring. <laughs> you know, nobody left. You yeah. Know? Oh yeah. So they stay there, but there's hardly ever you have a have a program like that. You don't have a few people have other things to do. Yeah. But no, that the crowd stayed. They, they were stayed. nice and. I think I heard somebody say something that I say frequently. They'll say, boy, we really like this and this. And, and the individual says, you know, the crowd makes the speaker. Yeah. So we were well received, <laughs> and, but they deserve the credit because they were responding to a message that we, th we think is very important. Yeah. So it, it did turn out well. It was great. Maybe, yeah. uh, you know, it's a mixed bag. Uh, you know, we get locked down and couldn't do this for a while, and it's perking up a little bit. But then on a few things we're <laughs> reporting today, there's, it looks like there's still some jerks out there that want to <laughs> close us down again. But so far, it looks like uh, if you want to avoid it, there's still a few spots in this country that you can come to. Texas being a little bit better than others, but uh, Florida is better. But uh, if you want to avoid it, it looks to me like uh, they, they might avoid thinking that they can uh, uh, operate out of New York City, especially, no or, or New York. And we want to uh, start off with, with New York because there's a there's a, a mayor up there that's uh, a little bit nutty. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> and he's he's determined, but he his, when he makes his statement, he doesn't sound bombastic and he sounds, well, it sounds like he does have a, a little bit of a brain, but then when you listen to what he's saying, you know, it's horrible. And uh, we want to just follow up on this. The headline right here on Zero Hedge tells you a whole lot. New York will require full vaccination to access restaurants, gyms, and entertainment. Five-year-olds need at least one shot, and this isn't this isn't just a you, you know a limited number of people you, you know that have more than 100 employees. He says everybody. Everybody. But you can be you can be sure though that politically speaking, there will be political groups. Uh, we have we don't have evidence of that, but there's evidence that flows around that the administration does it. They exempt certain people. That, oh, you you people don't have to bother about it. Sometimes it's uh, the postal union and workers union, and all of a sudden they don't have to same they follow the same rules. Actually, it's discriminatory. <laughs> they allow some people liberty, and other ones they don't. So yeah. we, it's very nasty. But this this is uh, bad news, and he says it with enthusiasm. Yeah. And there's just no evidence of a need for. This this and uh, uh, so I think um, you know politically and uh, economically this can't be good for that city yeah you, you know uh, and he, you know I was being a little bit facetious but it could could be true I said oh they're just doing this is logical they're doing this to destroy the city drive down the <laughs> the uh, real estate prices and then a few people who were left over with some money they're gonna come up and buy the whole city so, uh, but that's a little bit too conspiratorial, so uh -huh. I, I just don't know if that's going to happen. But economically,
economically speaking, that could happen because every once in a while you do see people moving in where the property values have been knocked down, artificially knocked down uh, because of COVID in the last two years. You know, the, the, the story of this whole virus scare over the last two years has been a massive transfer of wealth from the working and middle classes to the extremely rich. How many billionaires have done so well? So actually yesterday's conspiracy theory is tomorrow's news <laughs> right. story. I wouldn't doubt that would happen at all. But yes, the first city in the country, New York City, to tell everyone, get your shot or go to the gulag is essentially what de Blasio is saying. And this is his parting shot at the city that he must hate because he's single-handedly destroyed New York City with his insane mandates over the last year. And this last one, I mean, if I had a business, if anyone had a business, and I feel sorry for some of our friends that are in New York City, but they're going to leave. It's going to be over. Let's watch it in, let's look at from the mouth of the beast himself. Let's watch de Blasio announce his wonderful new uh, restrictions. It's a, um, it's a Twitter video clip. It's that first one there. And just play the whole thing whenever you get it ready. We'll listen to him. We won't put words in his mouth, Dr. Paul. Let's listen to, uh, mm -hmm. let's listen to de Blasio. Uh, make his point. Here he is. Here, hi, Bill. <laughs> we have decided to use a preemptive strike to really do something bold to stop the further growth of COVID and the dangers it's causing to all of us. So as of today, we're going to announce a first in the nation measure. Our health commissioner will announce a vaccine mandate for private sector employers across the board. All private sector employers in New York City will be covered by this vaccine mandate as of December 27th. We're going to need, have some other measures as well to he really says it with focus. Such on. confidence. Yes, that's confidence. This it, will do it, it. We're first in the nation. What a what a declaration to be first in. Yeah, you, exactly. You know, if he sees it our way, he he's the first one bragging about undermining the liberties of people doing something that's probably 99% unnecessary. Yeah. You know, and there's no no great benefits from it. But uh, he, he sure is confident, and it's amazing that so many people, you know, uh, go along with it. But I understand that people, uh, you know, upstate New York, there's like a lot more conservative libertarians upstate. But he, even in New York City, can you believe that they're waking up and some of them are moving yeah. out? And how, why, wouldn't, why wouldn't this just encourage uh, more immigration from that? They, yeah. They're going uh, to leave. They're going uh, to be sick and tired of this. So, but you know, one thing that, you know, this is very inclusive and they have to set a standard. And they do admit that the group, uh, the group that's been uh, least obedient to the officials are, uh, are, the, are the black people. Yeah, you know, yeah. Because, because, well, there's various reasons for that and they've been talked about. So I was thinking, you know, um, if they're going to, force uh, if if a certain group of people uh, do it for their own reasons and they're forcing them into it uh, and it is detrimental I would think that they have very little concern about that group of people it, it looks almost to me like black lives don't matter yeah exactly because they're going to force this on there well first they're taking away their freedoms of choice and second uh, there's a lot more people now saying this is not without risk, you know, pushing these, especially in the kids. There, there's so much evidence that uh, forcing these kids to have these vaccinations uh, have n no real benefit to the health of, health of the people who take these uh, vaccines. Well, 
as you say, blacks are understandably wary <laughs> about white liberals coming at them with uh, medicine. You know, they've, they've had a history. And they're, you're right, they are the least vaccinated people in New York City. They will be the most affected uh, by this because, you know, certainly many of the underclass will not have the mobility that the wealthy will have. People like de Blasio, who's super wealthy, won't have a problem, but they will, of course, have a problem. Well, de Blasio cites Omicron uh, variant as one of the main reasons for this. We've got to get ahead of this. We've got to knock it down. Well, what is it about Omicron? Well, let's look at this, this first uh, picture that we have, this first JPEG that we have up. And this is from Bloomberg. Early signs of Omicron is that it escapes the vaccines. Okay, so the vaccines don't work against it. But the good news is, at least to some extent, it's unlikely to cause more severe illness. So it's less threatening, it's less deadly, and the vax doesn't work. So Bill de Blasio... How do you justify forcing people to take a vaccine that Bloomberg says and many, many others won't protect you against it? And even if you get it, you're not going to get very sick. Thank goodness. That's great, great news. So instead of recognizing science and reality, he's doubling down on tyranny. You know, it's not like there haven't been other examples of the failure of the vaccination. They talk now about Belgium, you know, a month or so ago, they decided really to hit hard. Sounds like uh, New York's falling, yeah. the country of Belgium. But uh, in, in Belgium, they uh, gave, they, they vaccinated 87% of the people and there was no, no benefit yeah. that they could find Huge out. Huge increases. Uh, yeah. yeah, they increased in the problems they had in, in the amount of cases that yeah. they had. But it just seems like objective evidence is of no value uh, to them uh, making their policies. And uh, it's, it's sometimes difficult to try to figure out their motivation. But if it's chaos they're looking for, they're doing a they're pretty doing a darn good, good, job. good job. Well, they are trying to use the Omicron as a scariant to terrify people. But uh, it's not working out as well, at least so far, knock on wood. Because let's look at this next. This is from... The Hindustan Times, but this is something that you see everywhere. I just happened to pull this one. Why Omicron infection possibly looks like a common cold. <laughs> Omicron looks more human, causing mild disease, as it might have picked up the genetic sequence from the other virus in an immunocompromised host body. It looks like the common cold because apparently it's picked up some aspects of it. And the next one here, it's Omicron is so bad that you have to have guidance from the newspaper to tell you how to tell the difference. <laughs> and this is from the Daily Mirror, the UK paper, telling people in the UK, here's how to tell the difference between Omicron, coronavirus variant, a cold, and the flu. It says, as the world gets ready for the spread of Omicron variant, doctors and epidemiologists are reporting that symptoms are appearing to be less severe than previous types of COVID. And it said, it can be difficult to tell the difference between this new scary virus and a cold and the flu. You know, I can just imagine some people, you know, they have the sniffles, so they go get their test, and they say, oh, you, you have uh, uh, you, you have, you have Omicron, you know, uh, disease. And the guy says, well, thank goodness, I was afraid I had a cold. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, this whole thing is, is so bad, and it's so disgusting that they can get away with this. Yeah. But it's still 
again, the people are speaking out, the people are leaving, the people are rallying, people are getting fired, and the political process is working very slowly. But it's still, the people have to react. They have to decide that they're going to resist and not uh, o obey, uh, you know, every mandate from every official, uh, you know, from mayor on, on up to the president. If they're whole purpose is to take away your liberty, micromanage your life, take care of your medical care, and just consume you with government mandates. Uh, people have to say, enough is enough, we're sick and tired of it. Yeah. Well, our second story is related, and I don't know if Bill de Blasi, maybe he doesn't read much, maybe he doesn't get this, but put up this next clip, because here's a Norwegian cruise line. Their absolute requirements is that every crew, and I'll put it back to you, but let's put up this next cl uh, clip really quick about it. Here's from CNN. All crew members and passengers are fully vaccinated and all 10 cases first reported were asymptomatic. So they even <laughs> didn't even have any idea that they had it. They had to go searching for those cases. Yeah, yeah but they're they're going to get them early so that they don't get sick. Yeah. We'll give them a vaccine shot and see how that does. Yeah. And then, then you can start looking at the complaints about the reactions uh, to the vaccine. But if you talk about that, then you're bad mouthing vaccines. Well, you don't have to badmouth vaccines to, to point that out. You could just point it out that use a little bit of common sense and, and read a little bit and find out that, uh, you know, these, uh, these vaccines might not be perfect. Yeah. You know, so if, uh, if that's the case, people could make up their own mind. But unfortunately, too many have gone along and, and it's all it's, it becomes ritualistic. I just can't I just can't see how de Blasio gets away with this, <laughs> you know, uh, uh, that uh, at least before they said, I guess, uh, uh, Biden said, well, we'll control just people with uh, uh, employers with more than 100 employees. But this is this is for New York City. You know, I guess if you have 10 employees, they're going to be hit, treated the same way. And uh, but I, I would think that. Uh, the restaurant owners and the, the people who own some small businesses are going to have a pretty rough time. You know, the, the way I see the big picture is there's enough of a job and enough of a threat for the recovery coming for the malinvestment and the deficits uh, created uh, in manipulation of the Federal Reserve. That on top of that, we have these additional uh, problems that we have and we, we have it. But, you know, right now, even even as we speak, the people who have a lot of money, and I think they are represented by people who sort of got the money from the Federal Reserve. Yeah. Stock markets are zooming up again, and there's no no problems. Uh, but uh, eventually, though, I see this as a major, major bubble that has come from the Federal Reserve on top of this distortion and, and de a deceit that has gone on with this concern. There's uh, more concern than it's justified. It doesn't mean that we should ignore it. It just means the treatment and the understanding and the process has been a total failure by government. Yeah. And this is an indication that uh, maybe uh, may, maybe individuals might do better. And how many times have we mentioned and how many times can you read about individuals that have gone their own way and practiced medicine the way they're supposed to and patients becoming informed and the results being fantastic? Yeah. You know, uh, that, that to me, uh, the, the evidence is out there and you say, well, the internet uh, we look forward to that sometimes uh, the internet will give us the uh, you know provide us our exposure so we can uh, you know get in the debate but it turns out that somebody decided 
well, maybe we better control some of the uh, some of the internet and the arguments on the internet. So I guess what we better do is create something that if they don't go the party line, uh, we'll cancel them yeah. and and take them off the internet. And somebody the other day was making the comment, "Can you imagine that they did this to a president? Yeah, you know, denied him access, you, you know, to one of the social medias, even though the social media was an arm of the government." Yeah. Well, what was most striking as we talked to a lot of people over this weekend of our activities, and I, I think you did too, but I spoke to several doctors who had been following different protocols, let's just say, with extraordinary success, really demonstrable, extraordinary success. But they're literally terrified of letting it get out that they're actually helping people. It's <laughs> like you have to go underground and you have to knock on a door like a speakeasy uh, to do it, and they're terrified, and we would never say who they were because... Uh, it's dangerous for them to actually help people. Well, once again, as we close out on the, on the uh, cruise ship, they, they were all vaccinated. Yeah, yeah. And, I don't uh, get it. And, and, and they, they, they still had a problem. Yeah. You know, that's, we, we've heard that many, many times. And I think we'll hear more when they start truly comparing, you know, how, ma how many people lives were saved by the vaccination versus how many people struggle uh, you, you know with the absence of voluntary medication and that's a, that's the story out there that that I think is so important and and, and to me that means that yes there'll be a variety of things and difficult difficult choices to make but still I have a lot more trust in you know the voluntary market where people use their brains and they do not get herded into one one, one treatment fits all and that is going to be dictated well but you say you know what they say well yeah but we have somebody that's running this thing has studied it he studied it for 30 years <laughs> and he is an expert and we do what dr fauci tells us to that's do right. well uh that is not quite as strong an opinion. I think more people are waking up. Maybe he doesn't have all the answers. Yeah, maybe he doesn't. You know, even the president said this is a pandemic of the unvaccinated. There were no unvaccinated on that ship. <laughs> yeah, right? that's right. So, I mean, everything they say, you know, we're not we're not saying that it doesn't work, does work. Whatever. We're just pointing out very strange anomalies for people to consider. Well, I guess we move on to move over to Germany. Is that our next uh our next little thing. Yes, uh, in in Germany, they they had a study there, and uh, and, and and looking at this, they found out that uh, there were no deaths, and yet they had to, they had to demand that we have a lot more. And the British has an example of that too. That uh, it's it's very positive uh, without the vaccine, and yet the vaccinators still come along, and and in Germany they keep doing it. But uh, I think that's. Uh, you know that that is just so careless that that uh, that they do this and uh, well the German kids they really want to get them they want them vaccinated yeah. that that to me is you know all this stuff that we talk about and and, and feel outraged about it it's really the kids, the kids and this stuff that well we have to do it for the kids you know and all of a sudden and they even even pre they preface the uh, position they have that the kids have to get vaccinated they say well really the kids haven't suffered that much and they don't try to say they've never gotten you know that there's a lot of kids dying what ends up they have these huge studies and none of the kids have died in some of the studies that they have made without the vaccine yeah and this is interesting alex berenson brought it up we put on that first clip this is what alex berenson wrote about over the weekend 
huge new study shows zero COVID deaths of healthy German kids over four or adolescents. So kids without serious, serious comorbidities, there were zero deaths over the first 15 months of the so-called pandemic. Uh, and here's the study itself. This isn't Berenson making it up. It's not Ron Paul making it up. Let's look at this next one. Uh, here's the study. This is a preprint study. It's got uh, the British Medical Journal. It's got Yale. Uh, it's got Cold Spring Harbor Laboratory. Uh, they did a test to find out what is the risk of hospitalization, severe disease, and mortality uh, due to COVID in Germany. And do this next one because here's the results of this very, very, very large study. While the overall hospitalization rate associated with COVID infection was 35.9 per 100,000, ICU admission rate was only 1.7 per 10,000, and case fatality rate was 0 0.09 uh, per 10,000. Uh, and this is interesting. The lowest risk was observed in children aged 5 to 11 without comorbidities. And these are the people de Blasio wants to shoot. In this group, ICU admission rate was 0.2 per 10,000. And listen to this, Dr. Paul, case fatality could not be calculated due to an absence of cases. <laughs> they couldn't figure out the fatality because nobody died. So here's the study. Do with it what you will. As you say, there was a similar study in the UK that came to the same conclusion. Thank God kids are not dying from this. So why are they trying to inject them with something? Yeah, and everyone says, sorry to interrupt no, you, but no. everyone says it's potentially, it has risks. Yeah, and that's exactly what we're saying that Berenson said. He said, the German data, again, raises the question of how health authorities can possibly justify encouraging children of teenagers to be vaccinated. Yeah. It's, it's astounding. And he said, so and this is his advice, and it's, it's, it's not demagoguery. His simple advice is, so parents will have to decide what's best for their children if they have their freedom. Yeah. Uh, at least in those states that bar vaccine fanatics from trying to vaccinate teenagers without parental consent. That yeah. is such extreme attack on liberty. So even the science part uh, if you set that aside, you still have the freedom part. But they've taken the science part, distorted the science as a justification for taking away their liberties. Yeah, yeah. So uh, it's not that complicated. And, and I think what I like about that statement, parents will have to decide what's best. And that means that they will they will might have to go to PTA meetings and a few other places to get their freedom back to to decide what their children should uh, have or, or not have. And again, if, if, a, if, a, if you are a parent of a child with serious comorbidities, you also need to decide how you best can protect your child because there is not zero risk, but thankfully there is lower risk than anyone else. Well, I have one statistics here, yeah. here that uh, tells you that uh, the pharmaceutical companies are probably doing okay. Yeah. Uh, sometimes, you know, they, they pass these things out and uh, distribute them around the world and they do good for everybody. And sometimes they just get stuck someplace and they get misplaced. I imagine there's a lot of that. Production is good. The reimbursements is great for these companies. Their stock prices go up and their executives make more money. Yeah. And I understand some of those companies three or four years ago weren't doing so good. So they needed a little bit of boost to their economy. But the, the U.S. administers 
468 million doses of COVID vaccine. And this reporter has admitted, the CDC admits that. Yeah. that that's a lot of shots. Yeah. It's amazing how, effect, of how efficient they are when they want to round the people up. It sounds like the IRS is running this yeah. thing. So, but that, that again is, uh, you know, just astounding. And if you think, well, every shot means that person is predicted, uh, protected. You know, the, the assumption was, even though it was uh, a stretch of what, ha what it was like, when pe people got the polio shot, it was assumed that, you know, for the most part, they do. It, it, was, it was not perfect. But the whole thing is it was a lot different than this. You didn't have thousands and thousands of people getting these shots and then see no improvement in the statistics if they had not had any shots. So that's, that is a shame. That's a lot of, that's a lot of people getting shots. And what are, what's the solution for what they see or admit they're difficult? Or they're, it's coming. It's coming. Yeah. So we have to protect more shots, more shots. So uh, people wake up. Yeah. Well, that's half a billion COVID shots distributed to Americans, uh, mostly in 2021, because it only came out at the end of 2020. Half a billion shots out there. So 2021 should be far less deadly for COVID than 2020. But that's not the case. More people have died from COVID in 2021 when you had the vax than 2020 when we didn't have it. And I don't know what the explanation for that. I have no idea. Then here's the second point about that. Half a billion doses administered. There are some states that have a lot more uptake and some states have a lot less. Look at this next clip. This is from Newsweek magazine. COVID hospitalizations surge across US even in the most vaccinated states. That's not supposed to happen, Dr. Paul. I don't know what that means. Yeah, well, we'll, f we'll, fig we'll figure it out. I have a strong suspicion of what's going on there. <laughs> but you know, there's another article from Site, unless you had another statement. No, 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 I'm ready. To uh, and, and this is again on, on the subject of what we're talking about. And, it, and the title was children are the fault line in the COVID vaccine narrative that exposes the fraud. Mm -hmm. Those are strong words, but there's, there is uh, at least deceit and misinterpretation and falsehoods and, and who knows what every single person's motivations have been. But uh, the, the whole thing here, this is by Vasco Kohlmeyer, mm -hmm. and he, he's good on this. And he, he just says that the insanity of insisting and put, you know, vaccinating these kids just doesn't make any sense whatsoever. And, uh, and he has some quotes there and statistics to show that the, and, and nobody's really challenging it. You know, even the CDD, CDC doesn't have any chart to show how much danger it is to the kids, and yet they're all for arguing for the shots with the kids. And, and, the, and as time goes on, younger and younger, it used to be five years old, and sometimes they're talking now, you know, you know give it to them before they're one year old, you know, so as soon as they're born, which um, I think is uh, rather, uh, rather ridiculous. And, uh, and yet there's still a lot of reporting done for the vaccine adverse reporting system and a ton of people are being reported. It's so huge that I don't, I don't even want to look at it. I don't want to say, you know, this many complications because I know if there had been that many complications, more people would know about it and, and be concerned. But those numbers are huge. And, uh, but, but we're getting that. That's, that's a CDC statistic that tells us that people have called in and said, this is what 
This is a complication that we have, and they at least, and then there are people that report deaths, and at, at the same time, it, it never changes policy. It just means they dig in their heels, and I guess they figure if we give more vaccines, we'll finally kill this virus, and we're going to get the credit. But obviously, that doesn't help at all. It's not worked. It's not worked. And, and Colmeyer writes about the Open Virus, which is a, an organization that exists, and it happened, they, they started way before COVID, what they exist to do is to take the CDC's numbers and put them in a more digestible way. Because if you've ever tried to read a CDC chart, it's not a lot of fun. But and let's put up this chart because this is uh, mortality from vaccines over time. This is via OpenVirus, which uses the CDC's own data, reports of death over time. You see it's about normal 90, 90, 93, 94, a little bit more. And then take a look at 20 to 21. Uh, and a massive, massive increase. And the people will say, hey, this is self-reporting. This is not investigated. This is not confirmed. And we would agree. That's absolutely true. But if you see an anomaly like this, why on earth wouldn't you put the resources into saying something is happening here? Maybe they're writing fake reports, but we need to get to the bottom of it. Why is the administration, why are the so-called public health experts so uninterested in this data? Yes, it, it doesn't happen, but all... I can see that we might do is contribute to the debate and guide some people to looking at both sides of it. That to me is so disgusting. And the other thing, of course, is uh, people uh, decide on social and medical policy that with no respect or no concern at all about liberty, and then they end up with worse conditions. And sometimes the solution is getting rid of more freedom, you know, more lockdowns and, and more controls and more vaccines and forcing parents to do this. And, uh, and yet the, the story of Florida and the other states that have done well, no, uh, they don't get the attention. They get the, they get the critique of they're, they're bad people. At the same time, uh, they won't uh, critique the uh, the uh, governor of New York or the <laughs> mayor of New York City. Yeah. Well, if we're if we're done, I'm just going to do a quick closing statement. Again, uh, thanking all of our viewers. But I do want to say I, I did say it was a limited offer. I'm going to bring up again Dr. Paul's new mini book, uh, Making Sense of Current Political Idiocies where he talks about COVID, wokeism, and the cultural Marxist threat. It is a limited time offer, and that offer will expire this Sunday at midnight. Uh, and one of the reasons for that is we want to do our best to make sure you get yours by Christmas. So we're going to have to cut it off Sunday at midnight. $50 donation to the Ron Paul Institute, tax deductible to the extent of the law, will get you a copy of this. And a $100 donation will get you a copy, hand-signed by Dr. Paul, as our thank you for supporting the Ron Paul Institute. So please act now, as they say on what TV, uh, and get yours. You're gonna enjoy reading it. You're gonna enjoy uh, maybe passing it around. And we thank you for supporting the Ron Paul Institute, which does indeed put on the Ron Paul Liberty Report. Keep us going. We stretch a dollar a lot, don't we, Dr. <laughs> right. Paul? So. No, I, I, I want to thank our viewers, obviously, for all the support. And uh, uh, Daniel and I got a, a little bit of a, a spur of energy over the weekend because the combination of our group and uh, the people who watch this program as well as, uh, as support the Mises Institute, 
I, I mean, it was just grand because there was so much excitement. And I've always argued the case that, uh, you know, nobody, nobody completely learned something brand new there. But I think it's the association with other people who are like-minded that the people feel good about it. And, of course, I always tell, when I talk to the young people on college campuses, I always say, this is serious stuff. And we talk about serious problems. And, uh, and, and yet uh, I think people, when they talk about it, they, they can't de get depressed. I've run into still a lot of people, some of our strongest supporters, get to the point where they get overwhelmed with this and depressed. But the problem is not complicated. The solution is not complicated. The message doesn't get out because that's complicated because there are restraints. But a good message telling the truth and something that will give answers to the current problems, that message will spread. You can't stop it. And I think we witness that when we have our group meetings and when we talk to people that uh, the message is getting out there. I'm always uh, very much impressed when people have decided on doing some project, whether it's a newsletter, a radio program, or whatever. And uh, things that I had never heard of, didn't even know of the individuals, and there's a lot of people out there. So even everybody that listened to this program, if you talk to people, you don't know how far that message got spread. It got spread. You, you, it, it's just automatic because you can't stop it. And right now, I think the message is being spread. And uh, over the weekend, we did talk a bit about the remnant, and we were praising the remnant because we saw the crowd as part of the remnant. And I see the viewers and the people concerned and interested in what I'm doing as part of a remnant who wants to cling to the truth of the matter and what is really valuable and spread that message. I believe the remnant is growing, and uh, we should do whatever we can to continue that growth. I want to thank everybody for tuning in today to the Liberty Report. Please come back soon.